So how are you doing today, David? I'm all right. Yeah? Did you have a good night last night? Yeah, I went to bed probably a little earlier than you did. I mean, around 10 o'clock is when I went to bed. I was pretty tired. It was a long day. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Work's been going good with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm working. Yeah? Doing stuff. It's winter's here, so it's cold out there. Yeah, it's bitter cold. I hate the cold. I hate winter. And I always notice, like, especially here in Cache Valley, whenever winter starts setting in, the air here smells like ass. That's good. Right? That's nice. Quite annoying. Well, when when we went up to Idaho Falls forever ago, every little region that we drove down the freeway had a different smell, and it always and it smelled bad. At one point in time, we were smelling like rotten eggs and... Another point, it was smelling like sewage. I had to turn off um, fresh air feature in my car so that way I wasn't getting choked down with this nasty air that I was smelling, but man. And that's just, that's in the countryside, though. Yeah. Imagine, imagine being in a city. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, all right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. On today's episode... We're going to be talking about neutralizers, and to follow up with that particular topic, we actually have a game that we would like to talk about that's kind of horror paranormal based. We're going to be talking about the S-Box and why you should not buy the S-Box, and then we have a particular residential investigation that we would like to talk about, which was a very active yet fun investigation that we did quite a few weeks ago. This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. So David, you approached me about this topic, neutralizers. Now I've heard the term and I've researched the term to a point, but what exactly were you wanting to talk about for the neutralizers? Um, yes, I heard about it. Uh, I know some people are capable of being it. I just thought it was interesting. Um, I don't know if we've had... I think we have had someone on our team who I would consider a neutralizer. Um, but so basically what the brief uh, stint of what I gathered, uh, what a neutralizer is, uh, is basically someone who, if uh, you have a room, right, uh, you get paranormal activity all the time. Uh, and then, you know, you have a group you're investigating, you're getting some answers or whatever. And then one person comes in and then it's like, boom, pin drops, nothing, mm-hmm. dead silent, mm-hmm. uh, no more activity. Um, and it's potentially because of this person that just walked in, uh, we'd call them a, a neutralizer. Okay. So what's the definition of a neutralizer? Um, now, you can, you can there's probably an actual uh, d- 
definition definition of a neutralizer yeah. uh, m- my definition of a neutralizer is basically someone who can go into something that's uh, paranormal uh, happening and then nothing happens anymore right mm-hmm. uh, but th- and there could be the reason because of the person themselves uh, not knowing that they're like emitting a, a big wall that's pushing the spirits out of the way you know or like if someone's near the uh, piece of equipment that was going off and it's no longer going off it's because the person's self field is emitting so much that it's uh, encroaching where the equipment is yeah uh, so that could be a potential reason for a neutralizer um, I, I don't know if it's because maybe someone uh, is thinking that spirits don't exist so they're like putting out the feelers and the, the vibes and the energy that uh, there's just there's not a spirit there so it dampens uh, the type of investigating or um, what's the word I'm looking for evidence yeah. that you might be getting because this person is like ah oh, there's nothing here going on well that brings up an excellent point because there's there's been quite a few people that I've talked to that have said that they've been on investigations they, they're complete skeptics and at the end of the day they never had anything happen to them but then they've also said other people had stuff going on around with them so would you say that because they're complete skeptics and they don't particularly believe in this kind of stuff they think it's all foobar and yada 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 do you think they're the neutralizers and the reasons why activity is not happening to them um yeah i mean because i think the activity is happening to them but you'll get the people that are skeptic that are like you know brushed off that something else has happened so you know they're not they're saying nothing's happening to them but they're just not uh admitting that it might be something so that in their mind nothing ever happens to them every time they go on an investigation potentially because they think that you know nothing ever happens to me mm-hmm. but like they're just not able to come to a realization that they're just not sure that what's happening to them is potentially spiritual related but then you have the cases on some people who are uh, maybe considered neutralizers that you know they will you know something happen with them in the area and you know they're they'll acknowledge that well that was crazy that was weird you know i'm not used to that but so i mean i think even though you're considered a neutralizer i don't think that means that nothing spiritual will ever happen to you mm-hmm. i just feel like it's harder for you to accept mm-hmm. that spiritual activity is happening not that it doesn't happen around you it's just it's harder for you to acknowledge it yeah because, I mean, it, it's common to have a healthy set of skepticism when it comes to something that you particularly don't believe in or anything like that. And someone else is trying to to show you exactly what they're talking about or have you experience exactly what they're talking about. And and I completely, completely understand the skepticism part, you know. But I feel like some of these people, because I know quite a few people, there's one in, there's one individual in particular where... You know, when whenever I go help do a public uh, investigation for like Mr. Lords or for some of the other teams or anything like that, there's this one particular individual that goes on all these investigations, and she always tells us, you know, I'm not having anything happen to me, and I think I'm broken or anything like that. And I think truly, I think she's particularly a neutralizer, where stuff just doesn't happen to her at all. She goes on these investigations, she's has equipment so i mean it's not like she's 
one of these skeptical people that are just doing it for shits and giggles. She's invested money in equipment and she's going to these investigations. Just stuff's not happening to her. And, and we've had group members in the past, one in particular that is no longer with us, you know, on the group anyway. She's still alive and healthy and happy and, and all that good jazz, but she's no longer with the group. But I would say she was probably a neutralizer as well. Because there, there'd be stuff that would be happening and it wouldn't be affecting her. She wouldn't be experiencing it. But then there's been times where she's also experienced things on investigations and in her personal life. So would you say she could possibly be a neutralizer as well? Yes. Yep. I agree with that. Um, the, the idea that someone says they're broken and they're invested and they want something to happen to them. There could be the you know other end of it as maybe their spirit guides aren't ready for them to be ready for it you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh but the, i mean if you look at an actual base definition of neutralizers you know it's got the word neutral in it so the person even if they're a neutralizer it's not they're not too lenient on one side and they're not too heavy on another side so it's like they're not everything's paranormal versus not everything is explainable they're on the neutral side so being a neutralizer might not necessarily be a bad thing so they're right in the middle yeah, you're just more uh, rational to the idea that some things could be paranormal and some things mm -hmm. can't be paranormal. Yeah. But then if you throw in the aspect of potentially not a lot of things happen around you because uh, you're not open enough or you are open but nothing's happening still, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But I believe anyone could potentially get uh, the next step further into opening themselves up. Uh, it just it may take time and some people may never actually get there because there's a reason why they're not meant to who knows mm -hmm. yeah and i'm sure there's quite a few people or any of our listeners know of anybody that's a neutralizer that could be the case i do know that certain people do give up that vibe that spirits just don't want to mess with like they just don't want anything to do with that particular individual so they avoid them like the plague no pun intended would you would you say that those people are kind of like neutralizers, or is do you think there's a different term for those type of people? That they don't want to mess with them because they can't mess with them, because they're putting off a particular type of energy. Like, um, right, right, right. Like there, there's some people that could clear a whole entire room. You know, once they walk in, they just have that energy where spirits just don't want to interact with them, don't want anything to do with them, stuff like that. Would you think that? that those people are kind of like neutralizers as well or do you think there's a different term for that i think there's probably a different term for it for someone who's actively making something like that happen versus someone who is inadvertently doing it when they're walking in a room yeah so i think if you're not doing it on purpose i think that would be considered a neutralizer but if there's something that the person is actively trying to do to clear a room mm -hmm. of that energy i think there's potentially another term for it Okay. Okay. Hmm. But I don't know too many people who can go into a room that's full of spirits and are like, okay, they're all gone now. Mm -hmm. And not just like gone because they're evicted from the area. Yeah, they're just, they're gone from that room because I'm in here now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you think people that are neutralizers, do you think that it's a constant thing with them? Yeah, I don't think, I think if you're a neutralizer, I don't really think you turn it off, but it's also one of those things that it's not constant. Like I said, I think neutralizers can have experiences. It just might not be as frequent. And it's just uh, the unfortunate uh, set of events that if you're in a room getting a bunch of evidence and things are hopping and then out of nowhere, the neutralizer walks into the room and then it just is dead. 
I think is a little on the unfortunate side for the person who mm. is uh, considered the neutralizer, but I don't think that uh, they never experience anything. Do you think that objects can be neutralizers as well? Or locations? Well, I think when the first thing you think about as, as a neutralizer in an object, you'll obviously, it'd be like holy relics and symbols like that, right? Yeah. That'd be the biggest thing that would come to mind. Uh, but I mean, you can have stuff that, like our cleansing stuff, our blessing stuff that we do uh, effectively would be considered uh, a neutralizing thing because we're trying mm-hmm. to make uh, a house neutral, right? Yeah. If, you have, if you have something negative, we're trying to introduce a positive to eventually cancel that out and make that space now a neutral environment for mm. whoever's living there, right? Mm. So I think that would consensually be considered uh, neutralizing something if you want to be, mm. you know, in direct terms. Because I was thinking more and less like stones, dream catchers, obviously our cleansing equipment and holy artifacts, but I was thinking more like, you know, if you want to look at more like the... Uh, like the Native Americans, you know, they, they have the dream catchers and then some other cultures, you know, they use stones and stuff like that. Do you think those would be neutralizers as well? I consider dream catchers uh, enhancers, in my opinion, as someone who uh, is involved in the dreaming world a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've always, uh, as a kid, I always had uh, dream catchers. And when I was sleeping under my dream catcher, I found myself dreaming more. And then if I dr- went and slept somewhere else where I didn't have a dream catcher, uh, my dreams wouldn't be as uh, good or frequent. So to me, I use dream catchers as an ability to enhance my dreaming capabilities. Yeah. Because I know the idea is they catch the bad dreams. Yeah, they filter out the bad dreams and only allow you to have the good dreams. And that's why I was kind of wondering, would you say that like those are neutralizers because technically it's it's neutralizing some aspects but it's allowing some aspects in you know what i mean yeah it's just hard because no matter what i i have the bad dreams with or without the dream catcher yeah so to me i that's why i call them enhancers mm-hmm. i think they're they're enhancing that's just me uh i'm sure they could help other people but you know i'm different than other people so mm-hmm. But then you have people like you who don't dream at all, so it's hard for you to to weigh in because, like, how would you know, you know, type of thing. Yeah, because I I even have a dream catcher. I have a crystal array where I sleep, so that way it helps me protect protect myself as I sleep and maybe help or prohibit me from astral projecting or dreaming or whatever. You know, it's these certain stones that I have. You know, it's more for protection than anything else because, you know, I, I have opened up and... You are the most vulnerable when you are sleeping, and I'd rather be protected than to be unprotected. So that's why I was kind of wondering, do you think stones could also be neutralizers as well? I know certain stones can be, but not all well, of them. Well, yeah, we, we use certain stones uh, next to uh, like, like selenite. Selenite's probably the best example of a neutralizing stone, right? Yeah. It, it cleanses and cleans uh, other stones and people. And I would say, and it's self cleansing. Yeah, and I would say quartz and smoky quartz as well. I think those are two neutralizers as well. Right. So I mean, yes, there is. Uh, now with locations, that's an interesting thing, because how would you know a location is a neutral spot mm-hmm. when most people would say, well, if there's no ghosts there, it's just not haunted. It's not. No one would ever consider a place a neutral spot. But it'd mm-hmm. be curious to. Um, I think actually the best example I could think of off the top of my head is. Uh, the witch tree yeah 
honestly, because mm-hmm. there's one side in a certain area that is negative, and then there's another side that is a, a Native American good side that has a bunch of positive energy, and then you have a specific fenced-in area that's uh, right in the middle of the two that if you walk in there, it's actually neutralized because it's in the center and it's like on the border between the uh, one side and the other side. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that particular area within that fence would be a neutralized spot. Yeah, and which, uh, side note, the next time uh, we see Alex, we need to bring up the witch tree with her because she definitely has some interesting thoughts about the witch tree, particularly the area that we determined was the bad spot, which she was able to determine as well. So she actually ventured in that spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, We haven't gotten too far from the tree line on that spot. Yeah, we'll have to get details from her, but it's it's quite interesting knowing that someone who hasn't investigated with us, well, technically she's investigated with David, but not at this location. Um, but they, she's also been to the same spot that we've been. And, and experienced the same type of stuff we did without exactly. knowing any of other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, very, very enlightening to know that, you know, mm-hmm. we're in the right direction with that area, which exactly. is a very interesting ongoing struggle in that area Mm. that maybe we can lend a hand in the future yeah it's definitely worth going back up there again in a 4x4 truck (laughs) true (laughs) true true (laughs) um but so yeah i don't don't know what what would you have an example of uh locations that would be considered neutral Hmm. sacred ground would be a neutral spot so temples, uh, Native American land, well, dedicated Native American land. Um, outside of temples and that, maybe churches, but we've also investigated old churches and they've had activity. I don't know about new churches or active churches or anything like that. Um, I have talked to, which is actually quite an ironic thing, I have talked to a few LDS people in the past and they've actually talked about how there are spirits in the temple itself so maybe it's a different type of neutralizer where it's only just the positive spirits not the negative spirits i don't know but right. those were, those so, would be the two locations that would come to mind right so that's a that. that's a different thing so even though a place is haunted it's considered a neutralized area because it's all positive spirits and no negative spirits yeah versus a neutralized area that there's no spirits mm-hmm so that, that, that could be a different thing, that only positive energy is allowed in a certain space. Yeah. That would be content, considered a neutral area, neutralized mm-hmm. area. Yeah. I, I like that more because in my mind, I was like, well, if, if a place has no spirits, it's just not haunted. I wouldn't consider it being a neutralized area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but that's very interesting. And then it definitely be considered a neutralized area if there's negative spirits that are trying to come in but can't. And the one thing that comes to mind is when we did that Soda Springs Park and we were in that playground area and we had a bubble over us and there was just tons of negative spirits just trying to come into that bubble. Yeah. So that'd be the other thing is someone who can control, like like we were talking about earlier, control the neutralizing uh, power effect, but have a different term for it. Like someone who can walk in and prevent someone from coming in. Yeah, because that's what I think one of our group members did was put up a big wall around us that they couldn't come in. Yeah, yeah. 
I had another thought too. What are your thoughts on the Bermuda Triangle? Do you, what do you think? That's a neutralizer? There's a lot of folklore around the Bermuda tri Triangle, so that's why I kind of wonder, you know, where it's more of a supernatural thing, you know, it's a it's a phenomenon that that's been experienced with other people, so I'm kind of wondering, would you think that would be a neutralizer? No, because I okay. think there's a lot of forces that work in that part of the area. Okay. It's just yeah. a thought anyway. I mean, I we have to do more research into the Bermuda Triangle itself, but I just think that there's a lot of uh, vortexy type stuff that I don't. I think if it's a neutralized area, it wouldn't have a lot of stuff that's happening in that area. No, yeah, it was just a thought anyway. It was an idea that popped in my mind because I'm, you know, besides hearing about the, you know, because I'm a huge history buff, so on my free time, if I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep or anything like that, I'll watch some like history shows like. And I've seen some things about, you know, people uh, that have flown near the Bermuda Triangle and they've had weird shit happen and then people just outright disappear. Ships, planes, everything. You know what I mean? So that's what I was just kind of wondering. Right. Well, I think what you're terming, terming the word neutralizing is like uh, affecting something yeah. versus uh, the different term in my head that I'm just as making something neutral. Yeah, yeah, I think we, we got two different type of uh, variations of the definition of neutralizing going on in our heads. Yeah, it's definitely something worth looking into. Maybe that could be another topic on another episode. Well, I think at some point in one of our topics we're talking about, it's a different type of uh, triangle that we're discussing in one of our episodes. And I think it's involving the Alaskan Triangle. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we talk about, and then we can, when we talk about that, we can talk more about other triangles, such as the Bermuda Triangle. When we, yeah. when we delve into that a bit. Yeah. But and uh, in fact, if I remember correctly, I think next episode we're going to be talking about the ley lines, and yes. and that could be correlated with the with the triangles as well. Right. Right. Um, so that's all I got on neutralizers, but I have something to off topic talk about okay go ahead so i had a dream last night Ooh. yeah this is this is fresh this is off the cuff and i just remembered it because i forgot i had it mm -hmm. um it was a paranormal related dream um now the people in my dream for some reason i cannot picture who they are so it's obviously somebody that I have not yet come into contact with, I don't think. Yeah. Or I haven't quite put the face to a name. But I was I was in a group with at least two people in the room. Mm -hmm. And I have equipment scattered. There's equipment scattered around this room. Um, and it was weird. So I'm filming. And equipment's going off and it's going crazy. And at some point, there comes a time when things are getting a little hairy. And someone says, we got to get the equipment. Let's get out of here. And it turns into this big, like, rush fest. Or things are happening. We're trying to just get out of there. And we exit this room into this, uh, it almost looked like a barn. But, like, a really clean barn. Hmm. But it was just, like, a really open space. And I can just picture uh, at the door to the room we were just in. And then the door just shoots open. And then something just comes towards us. And then that was it. That was the end of the dream. Interesting. And I was like, that was really weird. You know, because I mean, just with the equipment, 
and I didn't quite recognize the area and I don't know if barn is the right word for it but it definitely had like wood you know like along the ways and then just it had like a second floor where a second floor would be but it was just like all ceiling so it was like just a really tall thing but I was definitely in a room that would almost be considered either a living room or like a master bedroom type room that went mm-hmm. out into this uh, area that also felt like it was opened. It was it was very very weird. And then the the two people in my dream that I don't know. One was a male who was about my height, a little skinny, and then definitely another one was a female. And I'm just like who was a little bit of a smaller build, but I just couldn't quite make out who they were or how I knew them. But for some reason, I was interacting with them as if. I do know them in some way or another, or if we just met or whatever and working as a team. Yeah. But definitely nobody from our team that was in the dream. Interesting. So that, that, that was a very weird thing that just happened in my dream. I just thought, I just barely remembered it. I was like, oh, I'll talk about it. Yeah, because usually I'm usually accompanying you in a good bulk of your paranormal dreams, right? Y- you and Rebecca... I think are the the biggest people that uh, pop into my 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 dreams, yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. Not to make it weird that I'm dreaming about you, but no, no, it's actually not weird because I find that your dreams are actually quite interesting. And I mean, um, I've talked to Tim and Brandy in depth about dreams and your third eye, opening your third eye, and astral projecting and everything like that, and they have. You know, maybe one of these days I can take you to Tim Brandy so that way they can talk to you about dreams and everything like that. But I I just find it a little coincidental that whenever you do have a dream, it's usually about something that's going to happen. And you're usually pretty right most of the time. There's only been a few off chances where it didn't actually happen like the way that your dream did. You know, so I kind of wonder what their take would be on that because, I mean, they, they have their opinions and they... You know, they've done their research about dreams and everything like that, but I kind of wonder, once we throw this wrench into their research, I wonder what their thoughts are going to be in it. And I know Tim listens to this podcast, so Tim, if you're listening, reach out to me and David, and we can arrange something, all right? Which Tim's also been in one of my dreams before. Yeah, yeah. And I don't doubt that at all, to be honest with you. And maybe... It, I, I don't think it was Tim, because he didn't have a beard at the time, but it could have been Tim and Brandy who were in my dream. Who it knows? could have. I mean, I've seen Tim with a beard, without a beard. He's definitely a lot sexier with a beard, but it's always refreshing to see a chin every once in a while, you know? But I don't think I could ever show anybody my double or triple chin. So, Not that I'm fat or anything, I just have a fat neck. But yeah, I don't know, it's just one of those things. I, I dream every now and then. Sometimes I mean something, sometimes I don't. I usually make a point to mention it when it's definitely paranormal related. Yeah. Because I mean, I have dreams all the time where, yeah, it's definitely uh, one that you'd quote unquote scary dream. Yeah. Uh, but I, it usually doesn't mean nothing by that. But usually, definitely when I knew that there's paranormal equipment involved and I'm actually looking for something. That's when I know it's uh, not just a dream at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Hey, everybody. The sponsor of today's episode is Anchor, the platform that we use at the BRB Podcast for our podcast. Anchor is an awesome 
web-based distribution type platform, kind of like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload. You can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. So, at the Dead of Night game, now I know you're more of a bigger gamer than I am, David. I barely play video games. I mean, at one point in time, we were playing Among Us forever ago, and then, you know, that just kind of stopped. But I'm, I've never really been a big gamer. Like, I've had PlayStation, I've had PlayStation 2, I've had Xbox, Xbox 360, I've had... Uh, my old lady's got a, a Wii. A Wii! Right? And, um, and then also, you know, Candy Crush and all that good jazz on your phones and everything like that. But I'm not, I've never been like a big gamer, and I know David does game and everything. And we, we figured it would be a good idea to start talking about some of these paranormal type, paranormal esque games on some of our podcast episodes uh, mainly because you know with our with the demographics that we tend to cater to we, we want to also try to cater to some of the younger folk as well and if you talk games to them they'll understand lingo you know so we figured it would be good to talk about some of these particular games now at the dead of night I've watched because my old lady she loves watching Mark Blyer and uh, that one um Irish guy, I can't remember his name. He's got a high-pitched voice. And then there's the Gang Grumps and and a few other ones as well. And I've seen I've watched uh some of the episodes that Markiplier did about in the Dead of Night or at the Dead of Night. And it's actually quite hilarious. He's he's actually one of the more enjoyable YouTubers to watch when he does streaming of games and everything cuz he's got a very animated face. So Whenever he does get scared or get startled or anything like that, it's definitely very known. Um, there's been a few other YouTubers that will practically throw their damn headset off their head when whenever they get freaked out like that. That'd so, be you. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely be me. You'd be the one losing everything. 
Oh man, when I used to play Fear, oh yeah, I almost tossed the, the, the controller quite a few times playing that game. And that's an, if anybody is, remember that game back in the day, you know, Fear 1, 2, and 3, those were the original OG scary games. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's been a few times. <laughs> those damn jump scares, they get me every time. Well, yeah, At the Dead of Night is actually quite an interesting game. Now, what are your thoughts on it, David, before we go into the, the meat and potatoes of it? Yes, um, so I I never heard of it, mm. uh, mostly because it's a, a Steam computer-based game, because I, I don't play computer yeah. games. Uh, I'm definitely console-driven, uh, just because I'm too retarded to learn how to play on a mouse and keyboard. To me, that's like a whole different language. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because my wife, she grew up playing on the mouse and keyboard, mm -hmm. you know? And then so getting her to transition to get better at controllers was funny because she was having a hard time with them. Like, what do you mean? It's easier. Which is <laughs> funny because that's how I was when I first started playing games was on a computer. And do you know what game it was? I don't know. Doom. The original Doom. Yeah, that's 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 old. like Windows ninety five, Windows ninety seven era. That that pretty much dates me. <laughs> yeah, the the height of your gaming experiences is when I was just barely getting into gaming, not knowing what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, because I'm definitely anything uh, past oh uh, nine is uh, when I actually was. I consider myself good at gaming. Yeah, back when I was a, a weed lad, having my dad help me on certain things yeah but uh because my dad he, he's a big madden gamer mm. he, that's he loved playing madden football and he would smash the joysticks like some limp broken joysticks yeah uh but uh yeah i i didn't play much i did play a lot of games in the playstation 2 era uh that i had my child favorites um Weirdly enough, so Sly Cooper, you had no choice but to play it inverted. Mm. So if you know what that means, so basically mm -hmm. if you have the joystick, if you're looking, if you turn the joystick to the left, that means your character in the screen is looking to the right. Yep. Uh, which to me, for some reason in any other game, like a gun-based game, is so fucking mind-boggling to me. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, if yeah. I want to look up... You press up. Like, it just makes mm -hmm. sense. Why would I press down to look up? Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, this game, you had no choice. You couldn't switch it. Yeah. So I learned how to play inverted just on that one game. But that's the only game I could ever play it on for some reason. Any other mm -hmm. time, I'm like, no, it has to be normal because it's normal. <laughs> yeah. But I think people started doing that just because it took more skill. So if mm -hmm. you can play inverted, you become a better player. I don't know. But that was just the weirdest thing. Yeah. But so I mean looking I did watch a quick brief stint into this game and right off the bat watching it the little introductory bit I was like man this is a, this is a full scale movie this is the quality on this is phenomenal when mm -hmm. I first was watching the trailer intro to it um, which led into the actual gameplay of it which you know brief overview of it I think it's just you trying to escape a hotel Mm -hmm. uh, where you got the the front desk guy essentially, which is mm -hmm. interesting how he's the bad guy because it's uh they took a, a page from like uh the Bates Motel, yeah uh, Ed Ed Gein 
uh, chapter of there's a voice in his head telling mm-hmm. him to do something, and he just snaps and starts fucking cleaning house with yeah. a baseball bat. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting how they did that, and then you're just I think you're a female protagonist who checked in, uh, realizes this man has snapped, and you uh, have to like find your way out and figured out why he's doing this or yeah. something to that effect yeah um which is cool yeah the the little bit that i have watched there are some because because here's the thing at the dead of night is part horror film part horror game and part ghost hunt it seamlessly blends live action and graphics to create a unique immersive horror experience like no other you play Maya, a student trapped in a remote hotel run by a psychopath called Jimmy Hall. Jimmy has tied up Maya's friend and locked them up in in the rooms, in their rooms. The evil with evil intentions, Maya has managed to escape, but Jimmy is on the prowl looking for her. However, to get him to release her friend, Maya must uncover Jimmy's dark secret using an ancient ghost voice receiver she finds, which we will talk about. Um, Maya must communicate with the ghosts of the of Jimmy's past, who materialize around the hotel and gradually reveal their story. And what I have seen, uh, you know, watching some of the episodes Mark Blyer did with my old lady, you know, before I started watching my History Channel stuff, um, basically they use this uh, ghost box which ironically enough i've seen similar renditions of this particular ghost box um i think um oh what's that guy over there in uk that i talked about on the last episode what was his name uh mr cox or whatever Um, sure i can't remember his name anyway um he actually made something similar to it um, but it also kind of reminds me of some of the portal boxes that you can also buy as well. Um, <clears throat> basically, she'll turn it on. This uh, The character Maya will turn it on and start asking questions. And then this ghostly uh, voice of uh, one of, from a ghost from Jimmy's past will come through and give fine details about it. Now, obviously, it's not completely, you know, it's not like you can get details like that when you're on a traditional paranormal investigation but the way they have it structured is you know she does a little bit of paranormal investigating trying to figure out who this jimmy person is and try to figure things out and and then run down hallways and get into into rooms find keys and lock doors and peek through the little eyelid thing and eye hole thing and uh the peephole and see if if the guy walks by, Jimmy walks by, or anything like that, it's pretty intense, you know. Like I said before, I've watched Markiplier freak the fuck out a couple times while playing this game. It's pretty intense, just even watching it, you know. So I definitely recommend checking out this game. It is definitely a computer game. It's not a console game. So if you have Steam and if you have a computer that can handle these types of uh, games, I would definitely recommend you check it out because it's yeah. definitely it's a, it's a well point and click. It. Oh yeah, uh, style. So like yeah. for you to like, I think move from down the hallway. You just the mouse, you click on like the hallway, and you go down that way. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's definitely a point and click uh, type bit. Uh, there's not much in terms of uh, action or anything like that. I, I'm not sure. I didn't get. Uh, too far into the game itself. Mm-hmm. 
um, to where you actually have to like fight or anything. It, it is basically, I think, running and hiding, and then just clicking on whatever you can click on to to mm-hmm. get uh, the story driven. Yeah, and if anything, we'll uh, post up links uh, to the YouTube, uh, uh, some YouTube videos of the actual game itself. Maybe I'll include Mark Blyer's link as well on that particular. Uh, stream that he did and everything like that obviously uh, he's done multiple episodes on it and everything that's how some of these youtubers do it but it's definitely worth checking out I think it would be a a very fun game to play because I mean David mentioned one game last season that seemed to be a pretty good hit with a lot of people so hopefully if we spread the word about this particular game a lot more people will play it because I you know the graphics are good it's not one of those shitty games that someone with limited coding skills and and all that stuff put it all together i mean it's it's pretty freaking legit like it's, i think it literally runs a 60 fps yeah it, it it's good 60 and 40 yeah it's it's good it's good quality so i mean it's it's from what i've seen of it and what research i've done with it it's been it it seems like it's it's a good game to get to play if i had time to play games that would probably be one of the games that i would play and it, I would feel like this would be one of those games that would suck you in for hours on end before you realize, oh shit, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, I need to get to bed, you know? Right. That's That happens. I mean, I, I'm pretty conscious on what I need to be off. Yeah. Well, My sometimes, wife, on the other hand, is not that way. Yeah, well, sometimes when, you're, when you get so, like, invested into something... And then all of a sudden you look up and it's been like four hours, you know, when it feels like it was just an hour, you know? Right. But it's just, it's like anything else. So, but I would definitely check it out. We'll post up links and everything. Um, well, it's cool about the character before we finish with this that yeah. I thought interesting that like, it's not a monster that's chasing you. It's it's legit just a regular person with a baseball yeah. bat. Yep. So that's, that's what I think what's scary about it the most is that it's a real life person that anyone could be like this, you know, and there are mm-hmm. literally people that this character is probably based off of that have done this in real life, you know, so it's very interesting the fact that because it's just you turn around and boom, he's right there, hits you over the head of the baseball bat. People freak the fuck out because it's like that. It, it's a real feeling. It's not like yeah. some monsters just gobbling you up, you know? Yeah, definitely. Because some people have said that the most scariest things can be something that you can't see when in terms of monsters, and then vice versa, the scariest things that could be is a real life person. Yeah, because I've a few of a few of my good friends, and I've even mentioned it before. I'm not afraid of the paranormal. I'm afraid of the living beings. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because there are some major, majorly messed up psychopathic people out in the world. Most of them have been caught, but there's still some that are still out on the run, and there's some that we don't even know about. So, but that's all I got on uh, on that game of itself. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's not a game that I've personally played. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I don't. Well, neither of us have personally played. It's just one of those things that we've talked about. Um, just doing a gaming segment, which has been interesting. So hopefully, you guys can find some uh, enjoyment out of it. Like you said. We're trying to appeal to a, a younger demographic. Uh, just, It's just funny because the idea of we did do a look on our demographic of people who are listening to us. And our demographic is in the range of uh, 
people who are between their 30s to their 50s. That's like yeah. the highest, and the the middle being the 40s is like yeah. our our biggest number. And I just found that hilarious. I'm like, it's kind of funny that there's a bunch of people in their 40s who are listening to people who are in their uh, early to late 20s talking yeah. about random shit. I was like, it's that's just funny to me. The idea that that's our demographic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So maybe we need to start throwing in some slang words like yeet and sus and stuff like that. Maybe we can probably appeal to the younger crowd. But... I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the people who are listening to us. Thank you yeah, for listening definitely. to us. In the yeah. end, I'm not trying to make joke or light on the people who are listening to us. It's just funny to me that that's our demographic. You know? Yeah, we appreciate every single person that tunes into our podcast and listens to us. It's just it's quite funny when we pull our analytics off of Spotify and off of Anchor and what little information that Spreaker likes to give you unless you pay for their fucking service. Basically, we compiled it all together, and it's basically people from like 35 on up to about 50 is the bulk of our listeners. We have a few older people, and we have a few younger people, and the primary, primary gender that listens to us is female. And that was as of the ending of season one. They're listening to our sexy voices, apparently. I know, right? So, yeah. So, definitely check out that game. We definitely recommend it. It's not going to be a constant thing. Like, every episode's not going to have a game that we suggest. We have, like, six or eight games that we are wanting to talk about, but they're going to be scattered between now and episode 21. You know what I mean? So... It's not going to be a constant thing, but it's definitely going to be a filler topic on some of these episodes where we don't think we're going to get much of an episode, so. You'll just have to deal with it. Yeah. So, equipment. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, boy. So, this will probably be one of the only times where I will recommend that you do not get this piece of equipment unless they have made the improvements that I would like to see the improvements made on this particular piece of equipment. Or if it's a phone app, because we also don't like phone apps. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Screw That's phone just apps. Our, that's just our opinion. Yeah. So, um, the S-Box. Now, remind me, David, it released, what, three years ago? Four years ago? Uh, when gosh, did you buy it? Because it know, was right a, after it was released. It's a good question, because I only used it like once because I found out really early on using it that it, it sucks mm-hmm. so that, that's a tough I would say three years ago I wouldn't go no more past three years ago Okay. essentially the Xbox the S not X S box S is in sandbox uh, basically they're trying to combine two pieces of equipment into one it's basically they're, they're trying to create a SB7 type machine with the digital recorder built into it I like the concept of it I think it, it would have really worked out if it was done differently the one time I'll have David explain exactly what he experienced the one time that he used it and then I will read you for verbatim my personal review on this peer personal piece this particular man english is hard today uh this particular piece of equipment and then we'll go from there so david what what exactly did you experience with this piece of equipment to make you not like it well i mean basically so the point of it is um that as you're using it it has a built-in recording device that is recording what you're hearing live right so it's trying to 
take away to where you don't need an external digital recorder to record it. Um, I found that uh, A, the recording quality of it was garbage, for one. Uh, and then two, you know, it's using, it's basically an SB7 that's sweeping through the, the signals, but its sweep rate, no matter what you did, didn't really change or affect anything on the sweep rate. It was just like a constant same rate, even though you're trying to, you're trying to change it. And then just uh, the quality in which uh, the words came through were too, too harsh. Like they, it was getting stuck too much on uh, a station to where you were getting full on words that you know were coming from a station and just other things. There's just so much that was wrong with it, in my opinion, that was going on with it. I mean, yeah. I like that it was rechargeable because GhostStop does everything that just recharges it. So that is a plus in my opinion. Anything that to get rid of batteries, constantly having to change and take out batteries, just plug it in and charge it. I'm all for that. So that's yeah. that's one thing that I love about what they do. And then their speaker itself isn't really the greatest because like if, if I just SP7, I just do an external speaker golden. I don't really see how their speaker was that much of a, an improvement listening mm -hmm. to it from itself. And then I don't even think you could do an external speaker to it. Yeah. Not that I can recall. But yeah, basically, I like the concept. The design is nice. Feels great in the hand. Doesn't feel like a cheap plastic. Doesn't feel like cheap plastic or anything like that. The flashlight is a nice feature. Just a few things I've noted using the S-Box since the last firm update. The new firm update does increase the speed uh, of the sweep for different speeds. However, when you record on the fastest setting, it goes into a turbo mode, FM on 4 and AM on 3 and 4. Uh, you can't hear or understand anything coming in. When you're not recording it, sweeps fast enough. Uh, uh, when you're not recording it, it sweeps fast enough it allows uh, voices to come through but not like how we stated earlier also the speaker on it is not the greatest it makes high-pitched squealing electronic hissing noises when you're sweeping forward and backwards on medium on low volume it does the same thing when you plug in an external speaker so it can you can plug an external speaker into this so it might be the way it's built or the programming of it. I know the SB7 and 11 with an ex, uh, external speaker doesn't do this. The record option is decent at best for recording the sweeps of the radio stations. When pl when playing back the recording, uh, it sounds like it's been recorded on the lowest quality setting. Only play, played it back through the speaker, not on the computer. So it could be cleaned up a bit, but would have the high but it wouldn't have the high quality recording since hold on let me back up only played it back through the speaker not on a computer so it could be cleaned up a bit but it should have high quality recording since it's uh, night and day when you when you record the suite versus recording an EVP session or recording any type of SB7 or SB11 spare box sessions when you record an EVP session, it sounds crisp and high quality. It really needs an option to record our questions in regards to the answers while sweeping the radio stations. I am aware it does record for voice while not sweeping stations, but if you're 
going to do that, you might as well use your own digital recorder. It also records those squeals and electronic noises, so you'll blow out your eardrums listening to it through headphones. I would really like to see them fix the turbo sweep whenever we are recording on the fastest mode, FM on 4 and AM on 3 and 4, and have it recording our voices when we are asking questions while sweeping through the stations. Now, I didn't personally buy this, however, one of my investigators, David, did. He passed it on to me to play with it and see if it was a viable piece of equipment we can add to our fleet. So far, it's hard to say I can recommend uh, this product over a traditional digital voice recorder, an SB7 or an SB11 or an FX 2.0 or any of those types of spirit boxes. If they fix those issues listed above, it would be a great piece of equipment. Just have to sort through the small bugs and suggestions. Now, with that being said, it was definitely not the greatest piece of equipment. I was not impressed with this. And the fact that they're still selling this piece of equipment on Ghost Stop, unless they made some major improvements on it, I still don't recommend this piece of equipment. It just does not work, you know? Unless those issues that I just talked about, they fixed it on a on a uh, newer rendition of that particular uh, piece of equipment, but I honestly doubt that they would. And when David got it, there was actually already a firmware update on so when we played with it for the first time, it had its issues. I did the firmware update on it, it still had issues. So, regardless, it's something that we definitely do not recommend. I mean, it's... I li like David said, it's an, uh, you know, it, it's rechargeable, which is a great perk of it, you know, because on average, we spend a ton of money on, on batteries, which I found a slight life hack. If you have a Harbor Freight near, nearby, and if you're part of their insider track program because they don't do coupons anymore, uh, but, but before they got rid of the coupons, I used to go in and either use the coupon for the batteries because you can get a decent sized pack usually they sell them for about eight bucks but then they usually come out with a coupon which drops them down to about $4.99 um, every once in a while they'll bring out a coupon for that where you can only use it for like two or three days so I definitely recommend um, buying in bulk when you go and buy batteries so we buy a bunch of 9 volt double A's and triple A's primarily because that's what most of our equipment uses besides the rechargeable ion lithium 18650 batteries um but that's a good life hack to to use because we all know that energizer and duracell and some of these other brands they're pretty pricey once you start getting their like big packs so going to harbor freight and using a coupon and getting them for a lot cheaper than their competitors and plus i don't really have any problems with their batteries their, their batteries always worked good for me I, I know there's that stigma around Harbor Freight saying, you know, that's cheap Chinese crap and yada, yada, yada. But three quarters of my tools in my in my garage are Harbor Freight and none of them have broken. I've constantly used their batteries and never had an issue with it. So it just depends on the person. But that's an awesome life hack for that I want to share to everybody. But with this equipment, piece of equipment, I like the fact that it does have the rechargeable battery. I love the fact that it, it is a digital recorder and, and it's a spare box at the same time. 
but I just don't think it could ever conquer the use of using a separate digital recorder with a separate spirit box, in my opinion. Well, for the uh, to give them, I guess, credit, because um, they do have a new one. It's the, uh, you know, the S-Box Plus, right? Anytime it's something that's the second, or they want to keep the name, they just add plus to it, right? Yeah. Uh, but it does have, a, a, you know, a built-in thing where it has the ability to make software changes and update and all that stuff um, to where we did get this three years ago. There is mm-hmm. the potential that three years from then they could have made this an actual product worth using. Yeah. So there, there is the ability. Yeah, and if any of our fans actually have this, like if there is another team here in Utah that listens to us that actually has the Xbox, the S-Box Plus... Do you mind if we can borrow it real quick so we can try it out and see if they've actually improved all the things that we complained about? Because, I mean, we we could definitely change our idea on the S-Box Plus if they've made some vast changes to it to make it a good usable piece of equipment. So if anybody has one and want to loan it to us real quick so that we can play with it and see if they made what what the changes were and and if it's actually a good viable piece of equipment we would definitely appreciate it i just don't feel comfortable spending that much money knowing that the original s box was crap so i don't want to spend the money on the s box plus and find out it's also crap you know so yeah i mean hopefully um did you know that ghost stop has a a blizzard limited edition on some of their equipment right now Mm-mm. where it's uh it's all white like their 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 whole product is white. Oh. So like you know the the flux pyramid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a picture of it and it is all whited out and it looks really cool. Nice. Not that it does anything different, but it's just white yeah. and I'm like that's really cool because all their stuff their standard stuff like the black and red. Yeah. White would be cool. It'd just be one of those things that you would constantly have to keep clean, especially if you have like stuff on your hands and you grab it and you leave fingerprints on it all and everything like that. It's a that's the only downfall I would see of it. You would just have to constantly clean it, or it's going to look like trash after a couple months. You know what I mean? True. That, true. But that that's just with white anything, white walls, white everything. You know, shirts. I have a hard time wearing white shirts because I always seem to stain them, and then I can't get the stain out, and now I have to throw that shirt away or use it for something else. Right, but so, but um, I don't know if we're gonna talk about this at some point. Um, I want to eventually um, do because I'm on the fence because I want to buy their Phasm Light and Phasm Camera just to try mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. Um, so we can either wait to talk about those two until after I've gotten them, or we can talk about it before, just mm-hmm. based on uh what the description of everything says here Mm -hmm. Uh, thoughts Mm. well I know we've talked about it personally and you know I personally prefer to use ghost uh, you know ghost lights lights versus the the other one because you know I talked I did talk to you about how they have it set up and everything and so I mean it's an it's an interesting concept. So I mean it's completely up to you, but I would definitely would like to talk about it though. Right. Well, the light the lights themselves I think aren't that expensive. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean I would want to do the, the all three of them. Mm-hmm. 
because that's I think what's designed to use the best is mm-hmm. three of them, which is a smart move on their part to do. Yeah. Um, but like the the camera, I mean, it's like a hundred and eighty dollar camera, which for some like oh it's not bad in terms of cameras, but mm-hmm. if it's a camera that you know it's not going to work out, that's just a money being thrown away. Yeah. I'm more interested about the camera more than anything. I just... Because you know my thoughts about the lights. Right. I, I would prefer to use the lights that we have versus that, but... Right. Well, especially with even the ghost lights I have, I rarely use them anyways because you have so many that we just use yours. Yeah. But, you know, I still love those lights. Yeah. But I just don't want to buy more lights that I'm not going to use either. Yeah. But I would, I just want to try them out because I, it's hard to justify unless I try it. Yeah. Well, and, and the reality is, David, you have the more expensive lights. You have the cinema quality lights. And I have the run of the mill, what we would use on investigations, excluding a couple of your other lights. But the good bulk of your lights are for cinema quality, you know? So I'd hate for you to constantly use those and then they end up breaking when we absolutely need to use it, like if we're doing a project or anything like that. So that's why I constantly use my lights because you have the better cinema quality lights. So I just hate for you to use them, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll just decide to get some and and test them out. Yeah. And then it's just easier for me because then once I test it out and, you know, it doesn't work, then I know just move on. Yeah. Definitely. But the kick I've been on lately has not been so much lights and cameras. It's been the uh, other equipment. Yeah. The more stimulating equipment that we want to use. Um, but I did get a new piece of equipment, so we'll play with that a little bit, f- some more first, and then decide from there what yeah. more piece of equipment we want to get. Because, uh, I mean, it's never going to end, unfortunately, when it comes yeah. to equipment. I'm always yeah. going to keep getting more. Yeah. That's how it usually is. I mean, we did sell quite a bit of equipment over there at the uh, Para-X Expo. Which was nice. I did, like, recycling some of the stuff that we haven't used in over freaking three years. So, I mean, that was definitely nice. Yeah, and I got rid of some of my newer equipment, some of my older equipment that we don't use. And I basically made room for some new stuff. So, I mean, now we can expand a little bit now. Now that we've gotten rid of some equipment, I mean, I've already got, um, I got that Rem Bear, well, Rem Unicorn. I also have that new uh, music box that I got as well, which I didn't have any room for both of those. So they were just kind of thrown in where I can put them, you know what I mean? And now they have an actual dedicated spot in my equipment now that I've gotten rid of a few other things that we just don't use anymore. So... But yeah, that, that's honestly, when in terms of Ghost Stop, they really haven't produced anything that I have been really against, except for the Rook. Yeah, the Rook was garbage. And the S-Box. Other than that, everything that they've put out so far uh, has been very good. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that, that happens. I mean, they're trying to do something new. Yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate them trying, right? Yeah. And really, because I think right now their S-Box is like 80 bucks right now. Yeah. It could be more. So, I mean, that's that's not bad. 
uh, for, for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even for someone who's uh, attempting. Yeah, it's 80 bucks right now. Yeah. That That's on sale. I think normally it's 90 bucks. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that's like, it's not a bad price um, to try it out. And I think that's why I did it. Yeah. But uh, if it's not worth it, you know, if you're not confident in it from the beginning, then it's not worth attempting to try it unless you know it's something that you're going to use. Yeah. Because, like I said, you can easily just do an SB7 and a digital recorder, and those work just fine. Yeah. Which, side note, David showed me a picture of the Blizzard Limited Edition, and it's actually good looking. I actually like it. Oh, yeah. It's pretty. I think that they have mm-hmm. three things that are like that. I think the mm-hmm. other one is the, the, the laser grid one that I got mm-hmm. uh, that I like, and I think they also did uh, the Boo Bear uh, all, all, all white. Ooh. Well, I mean, that boob bear, that boob bear is going to get dirty yeah. <laughs> really fast. Which, uh, another side note, if anybody has the original Boo Buddy bear that actually talks and they're willing to sell it, let me know. Because I'm in the market to get one. Because I want one of the original ones. Because the, the upgraded versions of them don't talk. And I want the one that talks. So if anybody has one that's willing to sell it, and as long as the price is right, come talk to me. But that's the review on the S-Box. So yep. if you like it, cool. If you don't, join the club. And yeah. if it's gotten better, let us know. Because, I mean, just because we didn't like it doesn't mean we can't learn to like it. Exactly. So the case that we're going to be talking about on this episode was a fairly recent case. So it's uh, from Montpelier, Idaho. It's a residential case, so I can't disclose too much information about it, but we'll talk about the type of activity that we were experiencing. Uh, now, we were he, I was reached out to by the client wanting us to come check out his house. Um, he's been having some weird paranormal activity, nothing malicious or anything like that, but it's, he's been having some things going on that he wants us to investigate. So we set up a date and time. We went out there, uh, talked to him for a bit. And um, if anybody is familiar with the Montpelier, Idaho area, if you ever need a good steak, go to the Cattleman's uh, Steakhouse there. It is by far one of the best steaks I've ever had. They got the tomahawk steak. Yeah. If you know what that is, look it up. Yeah. They sell the tomahawk. That's like an $80 steak. Oh, yeah. But First it time is we ate there, phenomenal. We, we got that. Um, We've actually ate there. So they have two locations. They got one in Soda Springs and one in Montpelier. We've ate at both of them. Uh, by far, I like the look of the second location because they actually are utilizing an old hotel as a restaurant. Which is a haunted location. Yes, it is. But the first location that we stopped at is just a little business building that they converted into a restaurant in Montpelier. So, But the food was good. I mean, they actually boil their potatoes and actually mash them like most restaurants should instead of using nasty instant potatoes the gravy was good the steaks are superb which come from a local uh local uh ranch their ranch it's their ranch that they own so i mean you're getting the most organic meat you could possibly get their corn on the cob was really good um they're starting to get beer selections now so that's a plus so but their food was is by far the best and when you ask them to cook it a certain way they definitely will cook it a certain way and it's always tasty but the investigation in Montpelier so we got there we talked to the to the client and 
Uh, he showed us some of, some of the hot spots and everything uh, and everything like that. Right off the get-go, Rebecca got touched. Um, she thought David was standing right behind him, uh, standing right behind her, and uh, she felt something touch her, and so she turned around, and David was clear across the other room with the client, and I was in front of Rebecca. So that was right off the yeah. get-go. Well, she was walking, so you two were going, and then the homeowner mm-hmm. kind of was in my way, so I couldn't get in there, and then eventually stepped back, and I just stepped in the doorway. Uh, but you guys were on the far end of the hall, the way, and I was like, well, I'm just going to stay right here. And yeah. uh, she stepped back, mm-hmm. you know, just a little mm-hmm. bit, because you guys were looking in a little closet room, and then she stepped back and, like, kind of bumped into someone, and she just assumed I, it was me because, I, you know, we were just following and so when she went back to turn to look at me and say sorry david i didn't mean to bump into you she turned around and saw that i was on the far end of the hallway and she was like oh shit <laughs> i bumped yeah. into something that's not behind me now mm-hmm. and so that was just a little freak out moment but yeah. yeah like right off the bat being in there walking through it you know we're hearing like some some voices and stuff like that and mm-hmm. trying to get a vibe and the feel for the place which we could clearly feel something right off the bat which was interesting yeah and so after that little incident, you know, we when we went outside, we got a, we got our stuff, brought them in, started setting everything up, started putting equipment where we were where we were wanting it, cameras, whole nine yards. Um, and he particularly said that one corner of the room was a portal. Uh, we later found out the portal is actually on a separate piece of property right next door, which is bleeding through into his property and into his house. So we were able to figure that out, and we were able to figure out it wasn't a vortex, it was actually a portal, because the pendulum was spinning counterclockwise for a portal, and if it spins clockwise, it's a vortex. Um, so we were able yeah. to determine that. We were outside, and uh, we are just talking, uh, you know, about putting our equipment in, and I was like, can we talk about uh, over there? Because the plot next to him, it's just a bunch of trees, but like it's a plot yeah. big enough for a house. And I'm like, mm-hmm. just for some reason, looking over there, I was just instantly drawn over there. I'm like, let's go. Can we just walk over there for a second. And you were leading the way. And as soon as you went past two trees, you're like, oh, yeah, you can feel it right here. Yep. And you, you, as soon as you step closer and closer to the area, you're like, oh, yeah, you're feeling it. This mm-hmm. energy. And that's what prompted you to get out your pendulum. And we're like, oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's like probably within 15 feet to the corner of his house yep. which is funny because that corner of the house right where it first touches he was saying yeah up here in this corner of our, my house right here in the basement he's like i think there's a portal there or something yep. and we were just like oh yes but it's not in your house it's outside and you're just getting bleed through through it but it, it was very very interesting that i picked up on that right away yeah and we confirmed it yeah and over the course of the night we definitely had some weird things happening. We did have some voices come through uh, when we did the blind spirit box, box test. When, on the last episode, when we talked about using the pyramid as a yes or no device for questions and answers, we actually had the green side come off, go off a couple times. Now... Uh, did the red side go off? I don't, can't remember. Was it one of uh, us? Yes, at the beginning, uh, both yeah. sides were going off, but it was one of those where it was definitely going off, and we felt like it was playing with it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we didn't ever got a direct response to a question we asked. But it definitely I felt like we did though, especially one question. It took a couple minutes, but we did get an answer. I think it was at the beginning because we were definitely uh, doing. Uh, it was going off, mm-hmm. and I think at some point, either you or I. 
uh, said, um, if that's you, can you make the, the green side go off? And it did go off. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, at some point, it just like it was going off, going off, and then it stopped and we couldn't get it to go off anymore. Yeah. So I think it asked one answered one of our questions, mm-hmm. but ultimately, but it did go off periodically. And then even after you and I went downstairs to change out camera batteries, Rebecca was just up there and she said after we left, it went off one more time. Yeah. You know, so it like it was following us downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was very interesting and I won't, can't wait to do it again to try yeah. to get more responses for it. But we also had our three millimeters set up uh, right in front of it on the ground. Yeah, which was actually quite interesting because um, I set mine down and the EMF was going off the charts. Now, this is an older home, but he's also uh, refurbishing the inside too, remodeling a little bit. So there is new electrical in there. So none, there's no old electrical in this building anymore. Um, and my millimeter was just going off on the milligals. Um, so Rebecca went and got hers and David also went and got his as well. So to the left was mine right next to it in the middle was Rebecca's and right next to hers to the right was David's. Now, David and I both have the same exact millimeter. It has the REM capabilities and also also has the, uh, the audible, um, temperature as well on top of the milligauss and the temperature reading. Rebecca's was just the run-of-the-mill millimeter that just only did the milligauss and the temperature. The The most interesting thing about that whole entire night was the fact that both mine and David's was registering high EMF. Rebecca's was not touching anything. But the temperatures were practically the same, give or take 0.5 degrees. So... The only thing that stayed consistent was the temperature, but both mine and David's millimeter had very great, like very opposite uh, EMF readings, which I also thought was very strange because the way that we had them set up, it was right next to each other. So there was only like, really, it took a span of like 12 inches, 12, 13 inches in length. In total of where the equipment was sitting all together and the two outside ones were reading two different types of EMFs now we could have possibly tried to put them in like a triangular situation or anything like that but we had them set up so that way the camera can capture so we can capture it on camera because we thought that was a, a very uh, weird anomaly that was going on you know so that that part of the night definitely stuck out to me the, the most i mean besides some of our equipment randomly going off like one of my cat balls went off the mel meter went off quite a few times on the client's bed and a few other places uh the music boxes were going off randomly as well um my static meter also went off as well the nem master uh that went off and the responses coming through the spirit box were definitely concerning especially at the tail end of the night um we won't go too much in detail about it because it is a residential case but it was enough to make your hair stand on end we ended up deciding to cleanse the location after the fact let's not forget the door 
the oh, front door opening. The front door, yeah. So we had the front door completely closed, and it just opened. You can hear the latch undoing and everything, and it just opened. And it's not no it's not there. a twisty door. It's one of those doors that you have to press the, your thumb down on the yeah. pad to open the door. And you can hear the the click engaging, and then it opens, and like not all the way opens, but like creeps enough. And we're half expecting the homeowner uh, to to be there. Yeah. And it opens up and it stops, and we're like we wait like <laughs> twenty seconds, and we're like hello, and then yeah. you get up off the step and go, and he's not there. Yeah. And that I've never seen a door fully open in mm-hmm. front of me before. I've had doorknobs jiggle on me before yeah but i've never had a door physically in front of me open by itself yeah so that was definitely very interesting nonetheless the other interesting thing that happened that night when we were doing the blind spirit box test down in the basement on one side of the basement in this closet where we were thinking where the nefarious uh spirit was was hanging out at when I was doing this blind spare box test, I made mention that I feel cold. I feel cold wrapping around me. And 10 to 15 seconds before I say anything, both David and Rebecca both said that they felt a cold breeze or a cold spot come over by them. Now, the roles were switched. David was the one doing the blind spare box test in that same exact room in the same exact spot I was sitting. And we were on the outside Uh, making communication all in the while when I felt that cold breeze pass by me within five seconds David said he felt cold the mill meter which was which which was my mill meter with the REM functionality was was between me Rebecca and David was going off constantly I had my pendulum out trying to pass over spirits and all this was going on so the fact that someone that is blindly now you know he's he's practically blind keeping his eyes closed and he's he has the earbuds and so he can't hear or see anything but so the only thing he has is his sense of touch and his feeling and that's what he was feeling during that time as well yeah that's and that's one of the reasons why i'm we're really loving this blind test because i feel like we're getting more compelling evidence when one of us has nothing to do with being in the moment of hearing the questions being asked. Mm-hmm. We're only being used as a tool to give you what we're hearing. Yeah, because essentially you're, we're muting two of the four senses. So we're muting your sense of hearing and your sense of, of seeing. But you could still have your sense of smell and taste, and you still have this, the, the sense of feeling everything. You know, you have your touch feeling. So the fact that you felt that in the same exact spot I felt that is pretty compelling very very compelling right yeah and it, it very very active night very like there was hardly a moment where we were just sitting there like oh man I'm getting bored there was always something that kept us on our toes with something's going on here but I feel like every time we've done an investigation over in the Montpelier area I feel like every time we've done a case over there, it's always been active. Yeah, Montpelier is definitely a freaking active place. That, mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, what? But we've only done what, like three? Yeah, like three. Yeah, three. Yeah. I mean, but they're on track for three out of three of yeah active cases. I yeah. Mean, but let's be real. How many cases have we done where we haven't really gotten anything? Yeah. True. 
the biggest thing that I definitely want to mention and preface is that that client that we helped resolve his paranormal issues, he was actually a huge uh, follower of the LDS faith. And the fact that he knew what a portal was, he knew what a vortex was, he knew about spirits and entities and demons. And, he was very and, in tuned. Yeah, he was very But not like everything is bad. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to point out, he, I feel like he's like the one special exception from that religion because when you walk into his house, his house is pretty well uh, level in regards to the four elements. I mean, he had water, fire, earth, and air constantly in his house. So it's pretty well balanced. And the fact that um, he, he also uses, he, he actually has a legit fireplace where he burns wood. And so that also got added into the mix as the fire portion as well. So, I mean, it definitely, his house is pretty well balanced. The only thing that we suggested was maybe add a couple more fans or something like that to kind of balance that aspect out. But all, all four elements were pretty balanced inside that house. Which he already planned on remodeling that yeah. he was going to add more fans anyways. So oh, yeah. He's, he's got it covered. Oh, yeah. And he had some beautiful, beautiful um, plants in there as well definitely reminded me of Sadie's um, mother's boyfriend's greenhouse a little bit yeah husband husband yeah husband yeah sorry I completely forgot they got married it's fine um, not that they listen to this so it's fine yeah well they um, he actually has a, a greenhouse above his, his uh, garage and he actually has fish and everything all in one area and it kind of felt like the same thing at this client's house because, I mean, he had his water, he had his fish there, he also had his plants right there, and that one wall right there had a, a good bulk of the windows, which was facing where the sun usually is anyway. So I, I just kind of felt like it was kind of like the same thing, you know? Yeah, plus he has a heater in there that blows air. And mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's covered in there. They also have an albino turtle. Which I did see, and it's actually pretty badass. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, that uh, aloe vera plant that I gave him is, like, thriving like a bitch in there. Oh, yeah. Things grow like crazy over there, but we can't keep much alive over here. But yeah. that's besides the point. Um, well, but and when did I give... Let's see, when was their wedding? Their wedding was, like, in what? July? August? Something like that? Uh, it was definitely summer. When I gave, when we gave them as a wedding present that aloe vera plant, and Something from like that. there to now, the last time I saw it, it has quadrupled in size. Now I know I gave, we gave you and Sadie um, an aloe vera plant, and we also have our own here as well. And I don't know how much yours has grown. I actually haven't seen it since we've given it to you, um, but ours has barely grown at all yeah it's probably died i don't know i don't remember if we had an alvera plant before you gave us one or not i know we have one that's yeah. doing something mm -hmm. but because we've also tried planting one outside i don't remember but okay. i'm i'm sure we still have a plant yeah because these so were babies from our main aloe vera plant that we have we bought this like three or four years ago and it was just a little guy now the thing now the thing's a goddamn tree we have it in the biggest pot we could possibly buy before we have to leave it on the ground on a on a dolly. Yeah. That's how big it's gotten. But yeah, so 
that whole investigation we did from the beginning to definitely the end yeah uh, where we actually decided to cleanse and because at first we were going into it uh which is the second time now that we've done this that we weren't planning on cleansing yep uh but then it turned into uh, yeah we we should cleanse i mean the, the other one we talk about we didn't cleanse uh, but this one we were like, yeah, we should probably cleanse just because of uh, we did end up finding out that there was a, a negative uh, person, human person yeah. uh, that is there that uh, is keeping a few spirits there uh, trapped mm-hmm. that were definitely wanting to get moved on. Mm-hmm. And one of the spirits in particular uh, got hurt in real life from this person mm-hmm. when they were alive. So it was an interesting dynamic that the person that basically hurt you when you were alive is also hurting you in spirit yep so it was just one of those it was a weird case and just building the story together like i had this feeling and i just asked this question this is when we were doing a blind study um i was like is the person that hurts you here with us and you just get now we can hear it too just this female voice going yeah and i just like i fucking knew it like i just had that feeling because mm-hmm. what was weird about this house was is i was having a hard time getting a picture in my head of all the spirits here, you know, because usually I can get like a couple of faces and some names coming through and just an idea of the number wise. But I think because of that portal outside, things kept circling and changing. But there was a constant, uh, at least three or four spirit presence that we were definitely getting constant. Yeah. And but I mean, because the homeowner was uh, pretty adamant that his uh, family was there. And I feel like they probably were. But we weren't getting any communication from them on that aspect. But it was just very interesting, the little story that we eventually built up into a realization of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So then once Shane crossed over these two people that, you know, very adamantly wanted to get crossed, I realized that really early on. And I think we didn't have much troubles with them passing over. No. Um, I think it took a combined efforts of us uh, and our spiritual guides. Mm-hmm. To, to do that because definitely this guy was not happy with what we were doing this uh entity we'll say yeah um so then once they were crossed it was like yeah he was pissed so we're like well, oh, it's, yeah. it's time to to cleanse and i think even the cleansing process uh went relatively fast because you know this guy couldn't do anything he was pretty weak i would say yeah and he was literally just getting his kicks off of tormenting these spirits that were here yeah because I kept on getting the feeling that these spirits wanted to, to to move on. They just wanted to go. You know what I mean? And this one particular spirit was keeping them hostage at this location. That particular night, I passed over, at the same time, four to five different spirits. With the help of my spirit guides, Rebecca's spirit guides, and David's spirit guides, they set up a perimeter around us. And, and helped guide them to the light. It was actually, it was a pretty seamless process. And I made no, I made sure I was vocal about the spirit guides helping us. They needed to band together and help us, and they did. And that is probably the one and only time that I actually begged for their help in this. Because I knew that if I were to try to pass these spirits over, that guy was going to try to stop me. And he was going to try everything in his power to stop me. And it's kind of like one of those obsessive girlfriends. He was like literally hanging over my shoulder up until my spirit guide pushed him away. And set up a perimeter around us. And then after that, they stayed with us up until we got upstairs to get the cleansing stuff. 
and pack up and everything like that. So it was like like I've said in 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 the last season, the feeling you get from passing someone over to the light is the most loving, warming feeling you could possibly get. And if you can get that feeling even in the darkest, nastiest of places, that is what I thrive for. You know, I strive to help these spirits. You know, they just, they need to get to the light. They need to pass over. They don't need to be stuck here anymore. And that's exactly what I did. To touch back on what David was saying about not being able to get a number, uh, I honestly truly think for how powerful that portal was on the outside of the house was the reason why. We couldn't really get a determinate number because spirits are coming and going, but I think there was at least a core group of about six spirits in that house, I would say. And five of them were good and one of them was bad. Those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, plus plus the, the, the homeowner's family uh, being yeah. there. I'm just talking about the the non-related right. spirits. Yeah, I mean, the core. Every, everybody has spirits around them. You have your spirit guides, and you also have your family. So I was, I was not counting them through through all this. I was only more concerned about the ones that shouldn't be here. Right, and then so basically we cleansed the house. We, I think we sealed it. But, you know, you, you still had the threat of that portal being there because we, we didn't close that portal. Yeah. Um, but we did recommend that he do where his fence line's at, basically, and do a, a salt line to mm-hmm. further prevent uh, that leakage into his house. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, technically, that that portal is on someone else's property. And the fact that for us to go check out this portal, we were technically trespassing, so... It would, wouldn't be a good idea for me to trespass again to close a portal without the permission of the homeowner that owned that piece of property, which was the neighbor. So we made some improvisions, and as far as I'm aware, which I have not heard back from the client, so far it's working. So. But yeah, all in all, one of the most active nights that we've had in a, in a long time. Very, very much so. It was yeah, it was very interesting, and you know we had uh, a few uh, group members uh, not make it to that, and uh, mm-hmm. probably could have been for the best, because I don't know if some of them would have been able to have handled uh, some of the stuff that we did. Yeah, well, and the building itself is very deceiving. The house itself, oh, yeah. from the outside, it looks like it's a small house, but it's a elongated house, and it has a freaking huge basement. So when you walk into this house, you're expecting just a small little dinky house, and we're thinking, okay, yeah, three investigators, we should be able to handle this, handle this just fine. No, we we could have been perfectly fine with six people inside that house, and would have been perfectly copacetic. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, for sure. But it 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 did work out, I think, in the end for what it was. But it was definitely, I mean, re- nice house. It, yeah. The weirdest thing is just this one room, the family room, the entry room, mm-hmm. of just with this random uh, high EMF, you know, like yeah. it would just in some spots, it would just shoot up to really high, you know, EMF and then you know, go down. And then you go back to another spot and just crazy how much free energy that there was available just from that room alone, you know, because yeah. doing baselines throughout the whole house, everything was pretty, pretty normal leveled out points but just in that room there's like you can't get a base number everything yeah. just fluctuating constantly yeah 
So there's definitely energy inside this house, and I definitely think that it's because the four elements are very, very much in balance. But yeah, but that was a good investigation. Um, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, hopefully he doesn't, uh, have any more problems in the future. I think yeah. he's pretty good. He was, he was on the level with, uh, knowing what to do, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was good that we came down there to, to help, uh, not just him, but like the spirits that wanted to be there. So I think there was a reason why we, uh, went there because, you know, in the end he was good. Like he honestly didn't have a feeling yeah. that he had any issues like he could have honestly gone the rest of his life living in that house with what was there no problem mm-hmm. but i think it was definitely things were set in motion to get us there for a reason yeah um but i mean yeah montpelier is a great area i wouldn't mind doing more down there um i would like to do more investigating in the bear lake area too yeah um, i'd like to get down in there more uh around there because i know there's a lot that involves bear lake in that area mm-hmm so it'd be interesting to get uh, more cases down in uh, the Bear Lake area. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I want to look into that one little because uh, I because I don't know if a lot of people have heard about it, but back in the day there used to be a Bear Lake monster, and and it's actually been notated in one of Brigham Brigham Young's uh, journal entries that he talked about the pioneers that settled up in the Bear Lake area talked about a weird shaped animal that came out of the water and everything like that and it's been documented in his actual journals itself so it'd be interesting to check that out for sure but yeah that should uh wrap up the episode any anything else david no all right well we thank you guys so much for tuning into us our next episode that's coming up episode three we're going to be uh talking about stones again because we have some updates for you guys and we also have a few other things that we'd like to talk to you about as well so we thank you so much for tuning in to us on this fabulous monday or whatever day you're listening to us because we drop this episode on monday every other monday anyway so whenever you do listen to us we hope you're having an amazing day and goodbye bye-bye You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.